You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Jermaine Wiggins, the former Patriots tight end, now getting it done on the radio, Hot 96.9 FM in Boston. Jermaine, thanks for coming back on the show, and we know you keep it real. You keep it 110, so tell like it is. When the Jags had a 20-10 to 10 advantage in the fourth quarter, did you ever think the Patriots were in real trouble? Uh, no, never in real trouble. Was I concerned a little bit? Yes, but never in real trouble. you got to understand, they came back from 28-3 to 3 last year against the Falcons in the Super Bowl. So there's, there's always a little bit of concern, but you're, 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 you're the emotion of they're going to come back and win overtakes that. So I think that's ultimately you know, how most Pats, feel, uh, Pats fans feel, is that even if we're down, we're still going to come back and win this game. Yeah, and after doing it so many times over the years, I mean, you can go all the way back to the time in which in 2001 you guys had an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl in New Orleans. You know, just think about that Oakland game where he had a call or two your way, and, you know, then all of a sudden you have a, a dynasty that's formed there with, with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. But when you look at what Jacksonville did to them and, and knowing that they have to play Philadelphia next, you know, playing a ball control game can work against the team because they can go no huddle. In, in New England and, and make you and force you to have to throw the football maybe the way you don't want to. But that philosophy that we saw with Jacksonville, it looked like it worked. You may just need a quarterback that maybe can make some quality throws uh, in key moments where it can possibly scare you guys in New England when playing against a team like that. Am I right? Well, I think like you said, but the key point that you made is when you have a quarterback that can go out there for the opposing team and make those plays. And you know, you look at Jacksonville, you know, Blake Bortles, even though he had a great first half, it's always going to come down to the end of the game where a coaching staff says, hey, you know what, we're not going to get conservative here. We're going to put it in our hands of the quarterback at times. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles, same thing. You're dealing with a, you're dealing with a, uh, a Nick Foles, the Philadelphia Eagles. Are they going to get in a position where if they happen to get a league, are they going to get conservative and say, hey, listen, we're not going to necessarily put it in the hands of our quarterback. That's the problem with teams that do ultimately play the Patriots is you've got to have a quarterback and a coach that says, you know what, we are not going to let up because we know that number 12 and Bill Belichick are on the other sidelines. And if we let up a little bit, there's a good chance they're going to come back and win this game. And I think ultimately that's what we saw with Jacksonville. Uh, you know, the Patriots have to do a better job against Philadelphia, especially in the first half of not putting themselves in a hole where they ultimately get down 20 to 10 or 14 to 3 or 14 to 10, whatever it is. They want to try to stay, you know, either keep the game tied or ultimately have a lead. Jermaine Wiggins is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Jermaine, if you're just looking at the key metrics, Philadelphia, tremendous against the run, number one in all of football. How much confidence do you have the Patriots can run the ball in the Super Bowl if they have to? Well, I mean, I'm very confident if they have to run the football, but that's the thing with the Patriots. You don't need to run the football. You know, you got number 12 back there. If you looked at the game uh, against Jacksonville, they came out throwing the ball. You don't need to run the football. That's not how the Patriots are built. You know, when you look at a team like Philadelphia, they're more built in that way of, oh, we want to run the football. A team like Jacksonville, we want to run the football. When you have a quarterback like Tom Brady, you don't need to run the football. The passing game will open up those run plays for you. You just only need to run the football when you're in specific areas. Like at the end of the game, it's a third and nine. You run the football, you pick up the first down to ice the game. Um, If there are points and times in the game that you have to run the football, 
then you run it. But when you got Tom Brady as your quarterback running the football, something that you don't need to say, hey, we got to go out there and do. We just got to make sure we sprinkle it in so they respect the run and that potentially opens up play action. I think some may say, uh, Jermaine, that when you look at how this, this postseason has gone so far, there's a few quarterbacks that you didn't expect to be in the position they were in this past week. And, of course, Case Keenum, Blake Bortles, and Nick Foles. And, and, and Tom Brady, we somewhat expected him to be there. But the numbers that Nick Foles have put up over the past couple games in this postseason are numbers that no one thought of. I mean, I thought he had the better game from a quarterbacking standpoint in that game against the Minnesota Vikings. Can the New England Patriots get a little overconfident if they see that it's Nick Foles as the quarterback and thinking that he can't get it done because he is just Nick Foles? No, I, I, I don't think so because, uh, you know, not only I don't think so, I know it won't happen because Bill Belichick prepares those guys to never overlook their opponent. Plus they know, look at what Blake Bortles was able to do in the first half of the game in the AFC Championship game. So it doesn't matter who the, what the quarterback's name is. If you don't take this quarterback serious, if you feel like or you take him lightly, he'll be able to go out there and make plays. And the Patriots never do that. They never take their opponent lightly. And so they won't do that with Nick Foles. They know that Nick Foles can make the throws. They know that if you give him an opportunity to make plays and you let guys run free, he'll be able to hit those receivers. What you have to do is make every window that he throws into extremely tight. Make it difficult uh, for him excuse me, with those windows and put pressure on him so he's not feeling comfortable in that pocket. I think that's what the Patriots will be saying to themselves throughout the week uh, of, of getting ready in the week before the Super Bowl. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber talking Super Bowl with the Super Bowl champion Jermaine Wiggins, the former Patriots tight end, not looking beyond the challenge of the Eagles, but let's say the Patriots win another Super Bowl. How much longer do you think they can keep this going? Are you really buying the notion Brady can make it until he's 45 years old? I'm buying the notion that I think Brady's going to play at a high level for at least the next two to three years. And when I say a high level, I'm talking about a top five quarterback in the National Football League. Now, when you get past those three years, you have to then say, okay, how do we build our team? Can Brady be the type of quarterback? Now it's all based on injury, we know that. But the way Brady takes care of himself, the way the game is played from the neck up for him, can he put himself in a position to be a quarterback that can go out there you know, after the three years and say, hey, listen, don't go out there, don't lose games for us, be a quarterback that can manage the game, do some of those things. I think Brady's still going to be – you know, be able to be successful at that level. And I think if you're the Patriots, you kind of build the team around them. Maybe you, you get into a situation where you bring a running back in that maybe you could take some of the pressure off of them and you run the football. Maybe your defense is a little bit more of a ball-hawking defense where you're able to create turnovers. So I, I definitely see this for the next two to three years. After that, I think it's going to be year-to-year based on how he feels. What do you think it's going to take? You don't have to let out the blueprint, but if you're looking at the Philadelphia Eagles and how they played in this last game and, and also seeing where there was moments and spurts in games where New England struggled, but the second half they just took over because of great adjustments, uh, what do you think it's going to take to, to beat the New England Patriots handily and, and, and just walk away with the victory? Well, it comes down to two things if you want to try to beat the Patriots. And the first thing is you've got to have good quarterback play. 
you got to be able to go out there and have your quarterback play a mistake-free football game. And the second thing, which I think is probably the most important thing, is that coach on the other sideline, he cannot get conservative. He cannot get scared. He has to take chances. He has to be aggressive. Those are the things that you have to do. I know everybody says put pressure on the quarterback. Yes, if you put pressure on Brady, that's fine. But ultimately, when it gets down to it and it gets time to that, you know, where you got to turn that screw and you got to turn it tight, it comes down to the play of your quarterback and that coach saying, hey, listen, we're not going to take our foot off the, off the gas. Or maybe we're down by three, but we're going to take chances. And that's ultimately, I think that is the only way that when you look at teams that have beaten the Patriots, it's because of that. And, and if you can't do that, you're not going to beat the Patriots. And I think ultimately that's what it comes, comes out to those two things in my opinion. Jermaine, great information as always. We appreciate you coming back on the show. I'm not as suburban as I sound, but I'm old school. So my hip-hop knowledge ends with the greats like Big Daddy, Kate, and Kumo D. What's in heavy rotation these days on your station, Hot 96.9 in Boston? What are the kids listening to? I mean, that's not bad. I like Big Daddy, Kane, and Kumo D. But the kids are now into, you know, Drake, the Migos, you know, some of that kind of stuff. That's the stuff that's kind of hitting them hard now, you know. So they like the the music. you got to be able to evolve, though, you know what I mean? Even though you're a little bit older, you still got to be able to put some of that music into your uh, CD player and, and, and ride with, see what these kids are, are listening to nowadays. So keep up. Jermaine, do they make it in an 8-track? That's what I'm rocking inside uh, my Chevy Nova. Yeah, I don't think they make it in an 8-track. You're going to need the DeLorean <laughs> for that one. You're going to have to go back to 1980 for that one. All right, next time we have you on the show, we're talking about the merits of Drake, because I don't think he's a hip-hop artist. Your thoughts? Uh... He's kind of, he's what you call now a pop hip-hop artist. Yes, he's not he is. a true hip-hop artist, but right. everything changes. Just like in football, Cordell will tell you, the game evolves. You either evolve with it or you get left in the past. There's no more three yards in a cloud of dust hand than the football off. You have to evolve, but that's kind of what hip-hop has become. you got to be able to evolve. Forget I hear about you. it. Pop goes the weasel because <laughs> the weasel goes pop. Thank you, Jermaine. We'll chat with there you after you the Super Bowl. Yep. All right, we'll talk to you later. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.